the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. As you enjoy Thanksgiving weekend with your family and friends, please remember my annual campaign for Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree. For just $25, you can bless a child who has a mom or dad in prison with a personalized Christmas gift and a Bible. Or $125 will bless five kids who should not suffer because of their parents' misdeeds. Please go to DennisPrager.com, click on the Angel Tree banner, and be as generous as you can. Thank you, and again, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Women have always been a big problem to me, Dr. Fussband. Are you listening, Doctor? Yes, yes, yes. Go on, go on. You know, that would be an interesting subject for a male-female hour. When he says, women have always been a problem to me, and I'm sure that that's true for many men, but I don't know how many. I have no idea. And vice versa, you know, a a woman saying, you know, men have always been a problem to me. I think we should do a show on that. I, When I hear that, I do what I think most people do. We always, we hear something and then we put it into our own life, which is very, very natural and, and good to do. And I feel blessed that I've, I never, I never would have said that. I, I just, I didn't have women as a problem in my life. I feel blessed when I hear that. It's funny. I, I, as I, as you know, I, I always gamble with the, the openness about myself. But I think it's it was a good gamble I took from the beginning of my radio career. Well, that's a great question. That, that's my. That's why I want to do it as a subject once. So Sean asks, "Am I? Do I think I'm in the majority or minority of men? I have no idea. That's one of the reasons I'd like to do it." I, I, it, but it's clear, just the fact that that it's said in the movie that he represents a lot of men. I just don't know what percentage, and I feel lucky. I'm Dennis Prager. This is the Male Female Hour, and the Male Female Hour might be, I think it is, the most honest talk about men and women in the American media. It's a because I. I'm very open and want you to be open, B, because I have no agenda other than learning about the sexes and enabling them to get along better. As I say almost every week, I am not a man fan and I am not a woman fan. There are terrific men and terrific women and disgusting men and disgusting women. (laughs) 
And it, that's as simple as that. So today's topic was actually raised in a personal discussion over a cigar. By the way, the cigar you fell in love with, he the living martyr does not smoke cigars on his own, but sometimes we get together at a cigar lounge after some work at PragerU because PragerU was very near a cigar lounge. If this was God's will. There's no doubt in my mind. If anybody ever says that God intervened in your life, yes, you put a cigar lounge on the same block as PragerU. Anyway, we were just talking, and he, uh, we were talking about some women, young women we know, and he made an interesting point, which I'm going to have him articulate in a moment, because he could articulate his own point better than I can articulate his own point. Oh, probably not. That's typical living martyr talk. I promise you can articulate it better. But in any event, it's about young women, and it's related to the issue. It's not. In, it's not the issue, but it is related to the issue of young women not pursuing getting married. So that I have covered, and I will cover it again. It is one of the tragedies. I mean, and I don't use the word easily. It is a tragedy that young women are not yearning to get married. They yearn for a great career, which is fine, but not a great idea. You don't come home to a career. Okay, You come home to a partner, to a spouse, hopefully kids. Anyway, he was noting that Something that had been done, at least in in America and probably other Western countries, maybe elsewhere, but we know the West best, women, if they were interested in a man, would let him know that and would, would make him feel special, which men want to feel in the eyes of a woman, and especially with men who are not particularly aggressive or even you know somewhat shy with women that's a very effective way of getting a man hey i'm interested in you so that was a i thought it was a very intelligent point so now i'll let you make it and why it arose to begin with so so here's Alan, the living murder. So just to draw a finer distinction, the issue here is not, as you noted, that women now are not so interested in pursuing marriage as opposed to, let's say, pursuing their career. What we're talking about now are women who yearn Mm -hmm. to get married Mm -hmm. but don't know how. Mm to pursue a man. And you just said it very well that the key is that sometimes, I mean, obviously it's a case-by-case basis, but sometimes, and I think in previous generations women knew this, the woman has has to, in essence, be the pursuer. And men, and this will sound odd, uh, but I think it's true, are actually, for the most part, easy targets. Uh, 
and it's it can be up to the woman to identify the target and pursue the target in a way that the man probably a young man in this case is made to feel that the woman thinks he is special and that to a man is very attractive and I think young women don't understand this fully they don't use it to their advantage and the problem is if they wait too long they move into a zone where it gets harder and harder to find a man partly because as you have noted the good men and we're talking about character here are are tend to be gone so let me give you a, a because they're married yeah i'll give you a specific example and what makes me think of this so there were three kids in my father's family obviously my father and two he had two sisters my father ironically was the best looking of the three he was a good looking young man the two young the two his two sisters were not they were very plain women they both got married early and they both did it by locking onto a target locking onto a man that they found attractive they they liked this guy and they made sure that he knew it. And they got married and they had families and they lived lived their life. But at at that time, we're now talking about really the like the late forties, early fifties. It was a job. It was their job to do that. They knew it. They didn't want to spend their life alone. They wanted to get married and they took care of the problem. It doesn't sound romantic, I admit it, and, but we're not talking about the romantic aspect of this. There, there were elements of, of romance that I heard and that happened naturally, but this notion of pursuing a man as a major part of one's life something that needs to be done and that you have to take responsibility for by on the part of the woman is just been lost this was great this was great one eight prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six do young women know this we are afraid that they do not History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. 
This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. As you enjoy Thanksgiving weekend with your family and friends, please remember my annual campaign for Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree. For just $25, you can bless a child who has a mom or dad in prison with a personalized Christmas gift and a Bible. Or $125 will bless five kids who should not suffer because of their parents' misdeeds. Please go to DennisPrager.com, click on the Angel Tree banner, and be as generous as you can. Thank you, and again, happy Thanksgiving weekend. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Yeah, in fact, when I interview guests now, at least half the time, they're they're uh, on the video. You can see them, which is, and so can I, which I like, actually. SalemNewsChannel.com. I'm Dennis Prager. This is the male-female hour. This uh, topic I owe to my intrepid producer and friend, Alan Estrin, a.k.a. The Living Martyr. Women used to know how to pursue men and get them. I, your point is so wise. Men are easy targets. That's exactly right. A woman shows that she thinks a man, this man is special. That's, that's it. Uh, you, you got him. Not in every case. There's no such thing as every case. Generalizations, by definition, are generalizations and allow for exceptions. But young women are not taught this. They're taught how to get into Dartmouth. This is the goal of middle-class and upper-class parents. Not that my daughter find a, a, a good guy, but my daughter go to a good college where she can become unhappy, miserable, and angry, (laughs) which is what college does to so many young women and men, but I'm talking about young women. That, That is a very important thing that you raised. And he gave his two aunts as, as examples, not particularly attractive. I mean, not ugly, but plain. That's the perfect word, right? And got the, one, one was a college professor, and, and one was an engineer for Boeing. He told me this off the air. How many, how many parents teach their daughters? And this is usually, either parent could do it, actually. Either the, the mother or the father. I don't know if it's more effective from the father or the mother. I don't know. I don't have a daughter, but... Uh, it's certainly something I would have pushed. Instead, they they push getting into a good college, making a lot of money, etc. All right, one eight Prager seven seven six. We go to L.A. and Heather. 
Hi, Heather. Hi, Dennis. I um, Before we get into it really fast, I would just like to say I'm so grateful for you and everything you do for the country. Um, my husband and I are big fans. I am a part of PrEP uh, with PragerU, and I am a tutor, and I use um, Otto's Tales in my lessons. So I'm just I'm so grateful for everything you do. Thank uh, you. You made my day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, with regard to your question, I have a personal example. My husband and I have been married for about a year and a half, but we've been together for about 11 years, and we were high school sweethearts. I pursued him relentlessly in high school for about six months, and um, he knew that I liked him the entire time, uh, but was shy and didn't really want to make a move, and so eventually one day I just kissed him, and kind of the rest is history, but... I definitely pursued him, <laughs> and in hearing um, you and Alan talk earlier, I texted him, he's at work, and I asked if that made him feel special, and if so, you know, did that play into his interest in me and wanting to give dating a try, and he said that it did make him feel special, so, and that, you know, was part of the reason why he wanted to give it a try. You know, you sound so healthy, it's hard to believe you live in L.A. <laughs> well, you know, I would love to move one of these days if we could get my husband's job to on board with that. <laughs> Wonderful. Let me know, uh, do, you want, do you want kids? We do. I actually called you a month or so ago asking about having a family at these times and asking if you could speak some hope into that Um just because with everything going on, the political climate and the way the country's going, it's... it's um... well, the thing that anyone worried about the future in deciding whether to have a child should remember is Jews whose whole family and all their children were murdered by the Nazis, then came to America or Israel or wherever and made families. Right. If anybody had a reason not to... It was they. You're mm -hmm. special. You're so right. Thank you very, very much. Yes. I'm a big fan of the outlier. She's 27. How many, what percentage of women who are in L.A. who are 27 think like her? I, 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 it's, not, it's not a cute question. I would say, what would you say? How many 27-year-old females in, in L.A. think like her? Well, there are a lot because a lot of people live here. No, 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 percentage. what percentage? Yeah, no, no, not number. I'm going to say 25%. Yeah, I was going to say 20. Interesting. You said 25, yeah. Okay. Let's go. Uh, by the way, there's an old saying. I wonder if you ever heard this. She pursued him until he caught her. I heard that as a kid, yeah, but that's exactly what you are uh, are advocating. And then he thinks he got her, but the fact is, like Rebecca in the Bible, uh, she arranged the entire scenario. By the way, there's there's a an added note that I'd like to make about this issue. That's really. Unless your man, you know, is is psychologically troubled or whatever, but for any, for most men, the thing they most want from you is f 
to believe that you think they're special. It's unbelievably simple. It's much harder to to describe what will make a woman happy. It's very easy to describe it with a man. Make him feel special. That's it. And he'll do anything, even the dishes, if that matters to you. 1 8 Prager 776 877 Tom in Burbank, California. Hello. Hey, Dennis, how are you? Good. Good. Great to have you on the phone. Hey, as a quick side note, I just retired from the fire station around the corner from your house. We want to have you for a cigar. Yes, no, no, no. I, I absolutely will do that if that's if that's your 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 uh, fire station. I know you guys. You have been wonderful to me, and I would love that. So, uh, I hope we don't burn the station down while lighting our cigars. Uh, I'll be back with you in a moment. You're listening to the male-female hour on the Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. This set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. Okay. Male, female hour. I'm Dennis Prager. For eons, men would be pursued by, talking about especially young people, but it doesn't only mean young. But especially a girl, a young woman, had interest in a guy. She would make him feel special and very often get him. Of course, you talk like that today and you're considered backward. Even even giving the notion of tips to women on how to get a guy is considered verboten is German for forbidden. Now you should give her tips on how to get a PhD in sociology. Ah, that's valuable. Husband? <laughs> the old feminist line of a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle is really uh, taken, it's, it's laughed at, but it was effective. That's, that's what uh, a lot of young women think. Do we need to make a, a distinction that we're not talking about? I, I think it's clear, but we're not talking about pursuing men for sex. I mean, women can... No, the whole thing is about for husbands. So it's not about... They don't have to pursue men for sex. It's, but it, it's not about presenting that 
they're available for sex. That's not at all what we're talking about. Okay. It's about this notion of making him feel right special and that and and just offering yourself is not is not how it's done that does not make a man feel special well it does once you have him that's That's, the irony that's the whole that's a whole different thing yes that's right but i didn't i did want to make that point because it's it's one of the points the the point that is most often made when women tell me how the male female hour has affected their marriage in that sex is is a profound often the best way as simplistic as it sounds to so many women of telling a man you're special i'm i'm not talking premaritally i'm talking postmaritally Primarily, it makes him feel lucky, but not special. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Tom in Burbank, firefighter, correct? Hey, Dennis. Thanks for having me back. Yes, sir. So I just think that uh, I think it is something that's being lost in today's world with young women. I think maybe if uh, when a young lady gets uh, the talk, whether it's from the mom or the dad, about the birds and the bees, I think maybe that's something they need to include is making a a man or a future potential spouse feel special. Uh, Because men, I like I said, I I retired from fire service, and I got to know a lot of men over 34 years, and men are mostly, not all of us, but mostly a very simple piece of equipment. I mean, some admiration and some affection, Make us feel special, and we'll move mountains. I just, I don't. That's right. That difficult, but but I don't want to paint us all with the you know the same brush. No, no, no. I think you're right. That was his point. My producer and I certainly agree. There's a, uh, and I'll see at the fire station. There's a great. I don't know if it would be called a meme, but there's a great illustration that I found on the internet. There are many, I collect them. Differences between men and women. So here is one example. The uh, the woman machine has about 15 dials, diodes, knobs, buttons, levers, and the man machine has an on-off switch. It's a great, uh, a great illustration of their differences and the on in marriage we we I talked about and the on before marriage is show him he's special they're both related it is amazing that I have to say these things every one of these things was known by men and women pre uh, baby boomer the lack of understanding about life that permeates the baby boomers their children their grandchildren universities is astonishing are you a successful loan officer in the mortgage business looking to grow your business in 2023 Are you looking for a dynamic and supportive work environment with the team I trust? 
Are you looking for a wonderful culture with people that share your values? Andrew Del Rey and Ted Avakian of andrewandtodd.com are looking for experienced loan officers to join their team. They're looking for people that value their clients and are solution-based problem solvers. Maybe you've worked in an environment that treats loan officers and their clients like a number, and you're ready for a real and meaningful change. They have offices in Southern California, but service clients nationwide. So whether you're in California or out of state, I invite you to talk to them about joining their team. Call them at 888-888-1172. That's 888-1172. Or click the Join Our Team button at andrewandtodd.com. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. As you enjoy Thanksgiving weekend with your family and friends, please remember my annual campaign for Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree. For just $25, you can bless a child who has a mom or dad in prison with a personalized Christmas gift and a Bible. Or $125 will bless five kids who should not suffer because of their parents' misdeeds. Please go to DennisPrager.com, click on the Angel Tree banner, and be as generous as you can. Thank you, and again, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Hey, it's the happy hour. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Not many lyrics. Easily memorized, my friends. All right, give it to us, Sean. Pump up the uh, orchestra. Happiness. Yes, it's the happy hour. The happiness hour on the Dennis Prager Show. All right, wait one more time. Here we go. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Yes, it is. That's right. Come hella high water. Elections, no elections. We talk about happiness because the happy make the world better and the unhappy make the world worse. That is a rule of life. You know, I am on a crusade. Oh, I said the word, the C word. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the mainstream media banned the term crusade? It's astonishing. <laughs> Uh, it's astonishing. I am on a crusade against the moody and those who make people miserable. I am. We we have X number of years to live. Why should we have to suffer the moodiness of the unhappy, inflicting it on everybody else? Everybody has unhappiness in them. And let's put it this way. No, no, no. Let me put it this way. Everyone I know. There may be people who don't. I don't know of any. Do you, Sean? Know anybody without any unhappiness in them? No. Do you, Alan? No. Okay, of course not. Exactly. Everybody is walking around with some pain. Everybody. Or again, let me put it to you this way. Everybody I know. And I don't know or associate, I should say, with any booties. So I'm talking about the non-moody, huh? Yes, the only happy... That's right, Joseph Telushkin's mother. The only happy people I know are people I don't know well. One of the great lines in my book, Happiness is a Serious Problem, which continues to touch lives, and I'm delighted by that. So in my ongoing crusade against the moody, I want to talk to you about a group of people that I've never talked about on the Happiness Hour. And I will be most interested in your calls regarding them. 
especially if you are one. <laughs> the drama queen. He almost fell off his chair. Oh, my goodness. What's wrong with that? Ah, that's the point of this hour. What's wrong with that? First, we need a working definition. Now, it could be drama king. I want to make that clear. The The usual term is drama queen, but it could easily be drama king. And there are any number of working definitions. And let me give you a one uh, here. That uh, might uh, might suffice. This is just mine. And that is someone who creates and thrives on unnecessary heightened emotional tension. You like that? That is from the Dictionary of Moodiness. It's a good one. Someone who creates and thrives on unnecessary heightened emotional tension. <laughs> or, as it is known in the literature... U-H-E-T. Unnecessary heightened emotional tension. <laughs> U-H-E-T. That's exactly right. So do you know anybody who thrives on U-H-E-T? Who creates it? Now let me tell you what the drama king, there's a, there are a lot more characteristics I'd like to throw in. Here's the one that I think drives the non-dramatic craziest. You don't know when it will occur. See, if the drama queen or drama king would at least give you a schedule, you know, like as a schedule event, this is happening at the local theater. So if they told, look, 4 p.m. on Wednesday, I'm going to blow up. All right, you prepare. Now, the other thing is about the drama queen and drama king, you don't even know what sets it off. You, the uh, recipient of the drama is always, it's, it's always a surprise. Why is this happening? Why this drama? 1-8-Prager-776, we need an 877 jingle here, Mr. M-double-C. 877-243-777. That's correct. That's the number. And if you are one or were one or no one or live with one, <laughs> I want to hear from you. Here's the great question, and we should pose this. We haven't had Dr. Marmer on in a while. Let's uh, ask him. You know what I want to do? Let's list a number of chronic problems that people have and ask him how they're solvable. If you are a drama queen, or if especially, I don't know if drama queens ever, they don't believe they are. They believe the drama is caused by others, and they are just humanly responding. That's, that's the way they think. But if you were a drama queen or king and are no longer, uh, your call will be considered golden. Because I, I don't know how people get out of it. May I say for myself that among my variegated flaws, drama is not one of them. <laughs> is that fair, gentlemen? 
Exactly. I'm anti-drama. A life without it. I told you, I am so, I actually so dislike it. And I, this is idiosyncratic, I admit, and I'm not even saying it, it would be true under the circumstance. Uh, and, I, and I know my producer hates when I mention this, so I strongly said, no, 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 I'm sorry. He is. He's already, he's already protesting. Now, yes, if the plane is going down, that's... <laughs> All right, not the plane. It's not a plane. It's a trade. Exactly. If... Uh, let me, no, no, all right, we're, we're, uh, I don't want to dramatize this. I just want to say my nightmare is the panic and the drama, not the, the death. That's how, now I'm not saying that in real life that's how I would be. I might be shouting as much as everybody else under adrenaline-induced situation. I, I don't know. All I'm saying is what I think of when I think of terrible things. I think of the drama. But people without trains going off the rails and over mountain cliffs and not in planes going down are just as dramatic. And what it causes is another condition that drives people crazy. It's called walking on eggshells. Because the non-dramatic don't want that drama. So they're thinking all the time, all the time, how can I avoid setting off the queen or the king? Here's another question. I don't know, I, and I'm not kidding. I assume it's more common in women, but I don't know. And the only reason I assume that is that the term has been drama queen. I may be totally wrong, and I don't have any vested interest in it being right. I, have, I don't care if it's a male or a female. And in the limited exposure I have had to such people, I have seen both male and female. Just want to say, just want to say. All right, let's go to your calls here, and we begin. Look at this. Now, how do you explain this demographically? We are absolutely disproportionately loaded with Northwest, Pacific Northwest calls. Is that hilarious? Is it that? Is it that? Portland, Portland, Seattle, and I don't even see the other two yet, or two more. (laughs) That's funny. All right, James in Portland, Dennis Prager. Hi. Hey, Dennis. My name is James. And first off, I've only been listening to your show for about a week, week and a half now. But i got to admit, you are right on a lot of points, okay? And going on to the drama... What do you mean you got to admit? Wait, wait. <laughs> Did somebody Everyone threaten you? Everyone has their own opinions <laughs> on stuff, but I, I have to admit, I have to agree with you on a lot of your points. All right, stay on. I don't want you to. I don't want to interrupt you for the break. So I want to hear your drama queen story. No, this is really the, these people need to be fought. The question is, how do you fight it? See, I don't know the answer. Maybe just ignore. I don't know. I don't know. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Happiness Hour, and I'm Dennis Prager. The Happiness Hour on the Dennis Prager Show, second hour of my three-hour show. Uh, Every Friday, I don't recall ever canceling it, whatever happens, because I have a moral, I believe, a moral obligation to make the case for people acting happy and pursuing happiness 
because that is one of the single best routes to a better world, to a kinder, finer world. Because the happy make the world better and the unhappy make it worse. Today's subject is the drama queen or drama king. The people who erupt out of nowhere because they they thrive on drama the way sharks thrive. What do sharks eat? Anything. <laughs> what, what, what are they, the goat of the ocean? That's what they should be called, the ocean goat. Except goats can't kill you. They, they, any, 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 anything that's living. And uh, what all these other fish are to sharks is what drama is. Our f- food to us is drama to them. All right, back to James in Portland. Thank you for your patience, James. What's your story? Okay. First, I was asked to give you a shout-out for my buddy Matt, who has been listening for, to you for the past 12 years. Well, show. thank you. Hi, Matt. And my story is actually more of a triggering drama queen. My mother and my sister are both major drama queens. They feed off of each other. My sister will actually trigger. She knows my mom so well, and she knows our family so well. She can say one statement, just one sentence, and it will start a week-long battle in our house, and she will just sit back smiling. Oh, okay. So you, uh, uh, you're, and you're not a drama king. So what do you do? You just you... I'm the one that stand, walks on eggshells. I see with your mother and your sister. Yeah. So I know you probably even have figured out how to phrase the question. How are you? At times, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know, I know, because who hasn't had such people in their lives? Thank you, James. Good luck to you. We. It's so, really, it is one of the great divisions uh, in the world. There are groups that are drama queens. We will kill and and riot over some obscure trailer for a non-made movie on the internet of billions of items or hundreds of millions of items. These are drama queens, in these case, drama kings. Uh, so on the macro, it's it's terrible, and on the micro, it's terrible. All right, and uh, let's go uh, stay in the uh, Pacific Northwest, as promised. Seattle and Rick. Hi, Rick. Dennis Prager. Hello, Dennis. Let me just say, first of all, you and your show bring me great happiness. Good. It's intended to. Thank you. Up here in the Pacific Northwest, since it rains all year long, we have uh, seasonal affective disorder. That may be why uh, we have so many drama queens. But the thing that I really hated back when I was married was that phrase, if you don't know, I'm not telling you. Oh, just, yeah. I've uh, discussed every- that on the male-female hour, <laughs> where uh, it, it, both sexes have their own set of flaws. And one that afflicts a fair number of women is the belief that their husband should read their mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that just brings everything to a complete screeching halt. I don't know, so we can't talk about it unless right. you tell me. Right. Well, how about grown-ups say what's on their mind? Like, you can't say that. 
it'll just set set the person off. But that's what it is. That, I, I can say it because this is a macro show. Well, yes. Well, so, yes, thank you very much. That's correct. That's uh, People have these experiences. So here here's the question. Can one stop? Or is the is it so built in to feed on drama that uh, that there's no there's no solution? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. And let's go to Tom in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello, Tom. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Well, thank you. Um, I have been married to a drama queen for 25 years and I am at my wits end because I'm actually at the point in my life where I'm starting to say it's just not worth it anymore. It's uh, quite frustrating. You know, I sometimes worry that I'm the type that's, you know, everything's water off my back. I really, I really don't stress over stuff. Um, I, 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 there's no need. It, it doesn't accomplish anything. But um, I was actually going to call a friend of mine this morning and talk to him about this because I, you know, but I didn't want to talk to a friend because it's not really an unbiased opinion. <laughs> right, right. You know, but uh, yeah, I walk on eggshells like you, like you were talking with the last caller, I believe it was. You know, right. Even the, saying good morning, you know. I said that. I, yeah, that's what I said to the guy in Seattle. We, on behalf of all of those, of the non-drama, oriented we actually think how will i phrase how are you yes because that can set somebody off and uh, it's 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 frustrating i i, I talked we went through marriage counseling for many years and it didn't help uh, you know when the counselor told me that you know she my wife was raised in a household full of chaos so unless she has chaos in her life when things start getting better she creates chaos Oh, how interesting! Uh, and that's how she—that you know—that's part of the drama queen, or the you know the overreaction to little. I mean, minor, minor issues just become this like, oh my God, you left the door open, you know? Uh, yeah, but I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, if she leaves it open, I walk over and I shut it. Yeah, you know, little things like that, but it just blows up into this big thing, and and it wears on you. It really. Does. Oh no, of course it does wear. It it, it erodes. Like like water over time cre- creates uh, sand out of pebbles. And I, I used to travel a lot, so it, you know I would just I'd go out of town, and it'd be like, okay, I, I don't have to deal with it for a few right, days. right. You know, but that's very now painful. I work out of my home, I'm I'm home all the time, and it's yeah. like, oh my god. Well, <laughs> I was going to say it's a painful thing when a spouse, uh, usually because of the nature of work, a, a man is happier on the road than at home. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it's it's yeah, not a good life to have. No, to live. I, well, I, I I truly wish you good luck. I the question is, I'd like to ask a therapist about this, and I, I say we will when we have Doctor Marmer again. But do drama queens or kings have a realization that they are that? I I tend to think no. They would probably think the rest of us are callous. Or just tuned out, and so we don't we don't take what they take as seriously. But it's unbelievably destructive, both on the macro level. That's what these riots are; these repeated riots against uh, against America and the West are about. Drama King. Hello, my friends. The Happiness Hour on the Dennis Prager Show. I just love the Jimmy Durante song, which has now been with us for years. 
He's a mainstay, isn't he? It's it's a form of speech song, which is very powerful. Today's subject is the drama queen or drama king. More, more of your calls are about queens than kings. They both exist. I suspect more in one sex than the other, but that's just a suspicion. One of the questions is how can you, if you are one, <clears throat> identify it? And I would, I would have to say that one way might be if you repeat, repeatedly find yourself angry or in a crisis, then find out, is it really merited? Does life merit that? Because the harm that these people do to the people in their lives is incalculable, including, as I said, the walking on eggshells, where, to the point where you wonder if, uh, if you said, how are you properly, will set the person off. All right, let's go to Duncanville, Texas. Gerald. Hi, Gerald. Dennis Prager. Hey, Dennis. How are you? I'm well, thank um, you. Well, first of all, I just want to say you're doing an excellent job. Do not stop until they put you in the ground. I mean, all right, so I'm with <laughs> and just, I mean, it's just fabulous. I turned my wife on to you a couple of years ago, and she was so receptive, especially the male-female hour. But my sister is probably the high priestess of drama queens. I don't know what, I mean. Is she married? Is she married? So, uh, yeah, she's married, and my poor brother-in-law, I, just God bless him, that's all I can say. But it seems like she goes from zero to drama queen and, and, and left in the blink of an eye. Anything can start it. Uh, just for example, she just had a birthday last week, and I, call, I called her at 8 in the morning for her birthday you know, call. She was already, like, wound way up <laughs> behind something that her husband did. Then she freaked out because she couldn't get her free seniors meal at Denny's unless she bought a drink. I mean, just. And, <laughs> ah, and we just that's great. That's yeah, great. And we, <laughs> we just run to the four winds when she has one of her issues. They're like, goodbye. Now, I'm, I'm several miles from her. I turn my phone off on them days that I know something's coming down the hill. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was out of range. I didn't catch that. I, it just, it's, it's incredible. You are but funny. You are. I, I want to tell you, this is a truly enjoyable call. Zero to drama queen in the blink of an eye. That's right. That's I love the imagery. Instead of zero to sixty. Yep. Thank you. Those of you who do this, please know the havoc you bring. But I think saying that does nothing. I truly. As soon as I made those words up and spoke them i realized that's the last thing that'll stop them they want havoc havoc is food calm is death life must be in crisis or i am not alive i don't know how that's fixed i really don't i'm sure some people have fixed it maybe god and i'm not kidding Maybe the maybe the only force that can prevail in such an in such a person 
is a uh, coming to God. I don't know. I don't know what else can do it. And I normally don't say that. I normally offer completely non-God-based solutions, but I, I, I just don't know in this case. The, the getting wound up, the creating of havoc, I think they, they, they do thrive on it. And I, and I tell you, there are things that just seem to be built in because those of us who love calm, we're, we just don't relate to it. I, I love calm. I love, you know what I love? My wife has made this point. I love predictability in the people in my life. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. As you enjoy Thanksgiving weekend with your family and friends, please remember my annual campaign for Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree. For just $25, you can bless a child who has a mom or dad in prison with a personalized Christmas gift and a Bible. Or $125 will bless five kids who should not suffer because of their parents' misdeeds. Please go to DennisPrager.com, click on the Angel Tree banner, and be as generous as you can. Thank you, and again, happy Thanksgiving weekend. The Kings send out a line of Wayne Gretzky along with Luke Robitaille and Dennis Prager. Gretzky wins the face-off. He gives it to Robitaille. Robitaille gives it to Dennis Prager. Here's Prager to Terry Rice with Gretzky. Two-on-one break. Gretzky back to Prager. He stumbles and falls. You know, it's, it is hard to be booed by 18,000 people. On the other hand, to be on the line with Gretzky. So, you got to balance things in life. Enjoy the music. This is the final hour of my broadcast week. And it is dedicated to thee, whatever is on your mind. And I especially... Welcome calls. I am told that some screeners are told not to take calls on fountain pens, audio equipment, photography equipment, cigars, and there's a fifth, uh, what was the fifth? Hmm. Anyway, that is very upsetting to me that there is such an instruction, so I hereby overrule that. I am Dennis Prager of the Dennis Prager Show. I determine these things. Or so I leave myself in delusionary belief. <laughs> anyway, whatever's on your mind. Dennis Prager here. Hey, I got a funny story for you. <laughs> this is this is out of nowhere, okay? I, I, I This is... Alert out of nowhere that I'm going to take your calls. So this week I had a, a stress test. Any of you know that's to monitor how your heart is doing. And they put you on a treadmill with a million uh, diodes on your body and all that stuff. And uh, I don't know if diodes is the word. Diodes are on the machine. But anyway, you're monitored, and and it's a good thing to do. It's not pleasant. but I, But anyway, so I did it. Two wonderful, I guess, nurses, or maybe technicians, I don't know what the title is, were in there with me. They were wonderful and encouraging, both in their 20s. And so one of them had dark hair and uh, a name that was, I won't give it because people might 
know who it is, and I don't want to betray any confidence. But anyway, it was a name that was 100% Iranian-sounding. So I look at her, and I go, oh, you're from Iran? She goes, no, Norway. Wait, dark hair, you have an Iranian last name. She's not married. And uh, you're you're from Norway. I mean, not not she, but her lineage. She said, "Yeah, about three, four generations ago." Okay, all right. Then the other one's a blonde with a completely American name. I don't rem- I don't remember it. And it doesn't matter. Where are you from? Cambodia. So. I came home, I told my wife this story, and she said, they're putting you on. And I thought, maybe they were. That is a crack-up. Maybe they're like a, a comedy duo working as technicians. <laughs> I don't know to this minute. No, it's a great story. I th- oh, because it's an awful story because it has no ending. I think it's hilarious. If they if they put me on, they are the greatest people I have worked with in medicine in my life. <laughs> the blonde is from Cambodia and the brunette, dark dark brown hair, not even brunette, I guess dark brown with a Persian name is <laughs> from Norway. <laughs> what is the likelihood of that? <laughs> Anywhere. Oh, God. I, I, oh, only in America. Yeah, yeah. My suspicion is they were telling me the truth. But by that, my wife's initial reaction was (laughs) they were putting you on is truly possible and hilarious. Okay. All right, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we go to your calls. And Daniel in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota. That's a very long name. Hi, oh, Daniel. Hi Dennis. hi. Dennis, I'm curious to get your opinion on uh, whether we should have the death penalty when there's no question. I mean, forget reasonable doubt. You've got DNA, you've got video. I mean... I think that we should have the death penalty available, you know, for people who commit uh, heinous murders, like this guy, uh, Brian Anthony Rhodes, and the other guy who cut off his little girl's head on a birthday, you know, the one-eyed guy who beat the the, uh, the jail guard to death in, in Minnesota. I mean, why do these people have the right to be there? I don't understand. You're, I'm with you. It's a colossal miscarriage of justice to allow every murderer to live. Some murderers should be allowed to live. It's not premeditated, et cetera, et cetera. The second-degree murder, I, I approve of all that. But first-degree murder, premeditated, it is, it, is, it is an insult to the dead. It is a festering wound to the, to the loved ones, that the murderer of their loved one is having lunch right now. That's correct. 
If you want to read my capital punishment thing, read my book of essays, 44 essays on 44 subjects. Think a second time is the name of the book. It's a terrific introduction to my thinking on a whole host of subjects. I have been told personally, and people have written it on Amazon, the essay on capital punishment changed their mind. That's my that's my task. There is nothing just about allowing all murderers to live. But people don't think about the justice. Justice bores them. Social justice gets them excited. Andrea in Lakewood, California. Hello, happy Friday. Thank you. I've been meaning to call you on this question for a long time. Mm -hmm. I often hear pro-choice people using numbers five, specifically the jealousy um, test, to claim that God allows abortion in the Bible. So my question to you is, is the curse that the woman actually loses her baby, or is the curse that she is no longer able to conceive? Wait, I've never heard this. Pro-choice people use the 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 punishment or consequence of the woman eating from the forbidden tree as abortion? No, no, it's in Numbers 5 in the jealousy test. Oh, the jealousy test. Okay. Yes. It has nothing to do Sorry. with abortion. and nothing to do with abortion. I will explain it, though, and that is a good example. That is a very good example of why my commentary on the Bible is the best-selling commentary in America today. I I am happy to boast about my commentary on the Bible because I'll do anything to have you read it. It's life-changing, about the most important text ever written. So this is a good example. It's going to come out next year. This year is Deuteronomy, and then numbers will come out next year. And it's very obscure. It's a law that people read and think, man, this stuff is primitive. It's brilliant. Man is jealous that his wife had an affair. This is what it's about. And what what do what did men do historically if they suspected their wife was was uh, uh, had had been disloyal to them? They would often kill them and certainly divorce them at the very least. So the Bible wants to get rid of the male jealousy, and it invents a a ritual. Oh, bring her to the priest. She'll drink a potion, and if her belly swells, then she's guilty. And if not, go back home and enjoy each other. Yep. It's so clear it was done to end the husband's jealousy. That's the point. I I don't know how it could possibly have anything to do with abortion. Anyway, that's what it is. And it's one of the thousand reasons I so admire the Bible, especially the first five books, the Torah. We shall return. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Dennis Prager here. So this is very funny. I told you that my wife said that those two women at the hospital where I got my stress test, the technicians... Uh, I said uh, they were, uh, what did I say? 
They were playing playing around with me. Sean, what did I say those two women did? But playing playing around with me? What did I say she said? Do you remember? Anyway. She did say messing around with me, but I didn't say messing. Yes. Anyway, that's what she had said. They were messing with me. And that, that's fun. Uh, anyway, we go back to your calls here. And uh, Exton, Pennsylvania, Bill. Hello, Bill. Hey, hello, hello Bill. Hi. Um, so your quote that you used a couple weeks ago, saying that the purpose of life is not to live long, but to live well. I wanted to know if that's your original quote or someone else. Okay. Uh, because I use I, I put that in my signature file in my emails. Right. So I just wanted to attribute it appropriately. That's it. You're a good man. Everybody should do that. You should always know. If I ever know another source for a quote, I always put the person's name in. Always. I never quote steal a line from someone. I'm. I don't claim I'm the first to have ever said it, but I don't know anyone who did. Okay? So you can say, as Dennis Prager says, unless you find somebody who said it before. Though it is an interesting thing. If you hear a line that you have never heard before, do you attribute it to the person you heard it from or to the person who said it earlier than that person because you looked it up on the internet? I don't have an answer to that. It's an interesting question. That is right. And let's go uh, to Eric in Roxborough, Colorado. Hi there. Well, Dennis. Hi. I have a question that ties a tech question into your favorite response of so what. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, I called about what was being taught in the classroom, but before I got to my main point, you went off in another direction and then on to the next caller. So. Please let me get this out. It's driving me crazy. Okay. Uh, first of all, I was talking about younger children, like in grade school and high school, not college professors. And second, I wasn't talking about cameras in the classroom. Uh, I've always been amazed, and I've yet to hear anybody suggest this obvious solution. Uh, Dennis, there's a little tiny device called a digital audio USB recorder. It's just a special jump drive that has the added ability to record audio. Uh, it has a tiny on-off slide switch, and once you turn it on, it will record some pretty decent audio. Now, I, my suggestion is to give one of these uh, things to your child, teach them how to use it, and at the end of the day, plug it into your computer and listen to a recording on uh, Windows Media Player or whatever system you have on your computer. Uh, you can download the recording and save it and easily duplicate it and share it with like-minded parents, and then the next day, do it all over again. These are amazing little pieces of tech, and you can get one for about 20 bucks. They hold hours yes. and hours of audio, and they're very discreet. Just have your child put one on his desk, turn it on, have him put a piece of paper over it to hide it if you think the teacher would be hostile to the thought of being recorded. And uh, I'm totally with you. I think it's a great idea. If a teacher does not want to be recorded, it's because they are a fraud. There is no honorable excuse for not being recorded as a teacher. None. It, it can, there is no possible good reason. It means you are afraid that adults will hear the crap you are putting in kids' ears and brains. College, 
high school or elementary school. I taught high school. I taught college. I wanted kids to record me. That was my hope. I was proud of what I said in class. These people are ashamed of what they say in class, and they should be. There is no honorable reason to object to being recorded when you are a teacher. Privately, we have no right to record them. They are not in private. They are in public. It is a giveaway to the fact that it is utter incompetence and worse that dominates our colleges and our high school and elementary school teaching should all have a recorder exactly correct. All right, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Michelle, hello. Um, Hi, Dennis. This is the Michelle that got to meet you at the fundraiser in Denver um, uh, with the four kids that I homeschool. Hi again. um, I was just calling today. Um, My 13-year-old has decided that she's bisexual, and all of her friends have also decided that they're bisexual. And and I, it's so overwhelming sometimes. Um, I've homeschooled from the beginning. Um, I've done Allison's classes. I've talked to them all the time about how beautiful ma- masculinity and feminism. They don't have access to the internet. They don't have phones. And I still feel like I'm just fighting a battle. And wait, where did they pick this? Really up? Where did where did they pick it up from? So they have friends who have phones. And and I am just assuming that that's where they've gotten it from. So are you are you a Christian family? Yes, we are. And she's being homeschooled. Yes, and part of me actually thinks that this is her way of because I talk so much about you know the beauty of masculine and feminine and how they work so well together that this is her way of rebelling because she knows that it's something that's so important to me, and I wonder about that too. And right. I so I, I would like I would like to offer you uh, my take on this. H- stay on. I'm putting you on hold just for the sake of the quality of the phone call. But I would like to hear your response. So I am about to surprise a great number of you. I believe that a great number of human beings, especially women, are by nature bisexual. I think that women, under the right circumstances, in, in various societies, can fall in love with another woman and be physical with her. The issue in life is not what are you. The issue in life is how should you lead your life. There's no claim in the Bible, I asked if she was a Christian family, I get my values from the Bible. And by the way, if you think that's a joke, I'll just ask you, where do you get yours from? Your heart? Your graduate school? I'll take the Bible any day. God wants us to unite with the opposite sex. That's it. I am by nature polygamous. I am male. There is no limit to the variety that the average male would like in the number of women to be experienced. But I stick with one because I have a value. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. 
Dennis Prager here. The last call was if I could have lunch or dinner with any biblical prophet, who would it be? In my earphones, I hear from my technical director, lunch or dinner? And now he explained himself. He has more thoughts on that question. 99% of you are thinking of biblical prophets. Sean is thinking of breakfast. It's unique. It's a unique mind, as I told him during the break. Why don't people ever ask, if you could have breakfast with somebody? That's a very, very good question. I think it's a form of breakfast phobia. It's another hatred that permeates our society. It's in America's DNA to hate breakfast. It has the word fast in it. That's bad enough. And break. Both terms. Break. Fast. Are they positive? No. So my answer was, I, I have no one. I'm always asked if I could have lunch, not just profit, with anybody. And there's nobody I could think of. I want to have a, a meal with people in my life I, that I enjoy. Or any, any good people that I haven't met yet. I've never thought about that. So that that's uh I'm sorry. Yes, I don't right. What would I ask? Okay, yes. So let's say Moses who was a major hero of mine. What would I ask him? Seriously, what would I ask? I I think I whatever he had to say he told me. That's how connected I feel to biblical messages. They make sense to me. Now, if you asked if I could meet God, what would I ask? Oh, boy. There I have a big list. That's true. That's right. Beginning with why did you create the mosquito? That is correct. All right. Let's see here. Bob in Philadelphia wants to know if I heard of some classic country songs. A friend of mine is a major aficionado of country music. He supplies me with the best, and then I listen to all the ver- various people doing it. I love it. Uh, let's see. J.R. in Columbus, Ohio. Can you please have Sean on the radio? He is a kindred spirit with Sean. Hmm. J.R., I think if you feel that way, you should send Sean a ticket to visit you in Columbus. They'll do breakfast. Good one. That was good. Uh, let's see. David, Lansing, Illinois, CRT, should be called superficial hate tyranny. Yeah, but that's SHT. But anyway, it is. It is superficial hate tyranny. That's correct. My friends, it's been another joy to be with you. I'm Dennis Prager. Have a wonderful weekend. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.